What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Monsters. Welcome to Screaming Queens. I'm Stephen Moore. I'm Martin Fennessy. I'm John Larkin. And I'm Jonathan Butler. I meant to say I'm Stephen Moore again. <laughs> <laughs> you are I am. Again. <laughs> He's that good, he had to name himself twice. So I'm taking the reins today, and before we discuss this film, I want to set the scene just the way John Larkin does so well. It's because the film was released a long time ago, you see, and I want to make you feel the times that it was set in. I was even more of a spring chicken than I am now. Yes, we're going all the way back to 2014. Back when we thought flossing was just for teeth and not for dancing. Back before anyone knew what a Cardi B was and instead Adele Dazeem just non-stop told us to let it go. It was even before Face ID was a thing and our phones were left at risk to a cyber attack by Bono. <laughs> <gasps> Remember that? Awful. Bono raped iPhone. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Like- Forced away onto everyone's phone. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, A little film creeped under the radar at this time, directed by... Is it Mojane Satrapi? That's what I was trying, but I can't say that. In her first English-language film after the success of her graphic novel novel and animated film, Persopolis, which is an autobiographical account of her growing up during the Islamic Revolution in Iran, the next natural progression was to create a film that is essentially what if Dr. Doolittle was a lovable, murderous, pretty psychopath. The film stars Ryan Reynolds as Jerry, our cute if slightly unbalanced leading man, Gemma Arton, Arton. Arton as the slightly stuck-up English lady, standard in small-town America, and Anna Kendrick, who's that friend who'll sleep with your murderous ex before your severed head has even cooled down in the fridge. (laughs) Oh, and Ryan Reynolds also plays a dopey, deep South American dog, an angry Scottish cunt of a cat, a half-dead deer, and a filthy-looking sock puppy. Don't worry if you're a little bit confused, it's about to get a whole lot weirder. I'll be singing a happy song and forming an impromptu conga line through the sickly sweet and bloody ghost world of the voices. Hey, Jim. Give me a break. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit. You have the greatest hair, Tom. In the back. How are you doing, Jerry? They like me at work. Do you want to get a drink? There's a girl. I like her. Are you good with cats? No, the real question is, are cats good with me? Because they pretty much own us. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Sometimes they talk to my pets. <laughs> and they sometimes talk to me, sometimes. I get that. You're out, your league. Shush. Yeah, shut up, cat. Do you ever hear her voices? Not really. Jerry. Hey, Fiona. In her eyes, you're a ridiculous peasant. Kill her, and you will discover what it feels like to be truly alive. Don't run! Jerry. <laughs> Mr. Whiskers, he makes me do bad things. You totally stopped taking the pills, didn't you? Totally. Look what you did to me. I'm so sorry. Jerry, you're a serial killer. No, he isn't. You seem a million miles away. I got a lot going on right now. Pretty bad situation, buddy. Me out to that. She makes me want to scream. complicated inside the human mind, huh? Oh, the best night of my whole life. What a fab-cracking day to come back. You're so mysterious. It's cool. 
you remember last week when you said there is an invisible line that separates good from evil and you thought you crossed it and I said, no, 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 you're a good boy? Yeah, I remember. So what? I've changed my opinion. <laughs> I just want to say, I have dubbed him Dharma Doolittle. Dharma Doolittle. Dharma Doolittle. So where did we, yeah. we start? <laughs> what did we think? Mm. John. Um, do you know what? By the end of it, I like. I, I did quite like it. I did quite like it at the beginning of it. I didn't love it. The big question was: Is it a horror movie? And I don't think it is. So I was sort of thinking: This is the first time I've watched like a comedy. Like it just felt like a quirky comedy, dark, very dark. Mm. But it felt like the first time I've watched a dark, quirky comedy for the podcast, which is new. Um, not necessarily a bad thing given that we want to watch Showgirls <laughs> um, and I do think that we've said it a few times that we should sort of branch out into trash and exploitation more and not just be so strict with the horror thing so it's not really a bad thing and um, it's, it's introduced me to a film I never would have watched Yeah. but yeah the main question was is it really horror? I think it's got some stronger horror links than Malabimba do you reckon? Well, it's about, about possessed. It's about, it's about as, a murderous psychopath. No, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more horror in this than it's Satan. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But for, for me, um, it yeah. There was it like kind of delves like spirals, doesn't it? Yeah, there was a, into it. There was a bit like about an hour into it, maybe. No, about an hour and a half into it, where the bit where spoiler where he kills Anna Kendrick. Hmm. That whole scene felt really like, oh, it's going to become the horror movie that I was hoping it would be. Um, but then it sort of pulled it back again with the, with the yeah. talking cat and the talking dog. And basically, the, anything with the talking cat and the talking dog is never going to horrify me or scare me in any way. I'm just going to be pulled completely out of it by the fact that there's a talking cat and a talking dog. <laughs> you know, that's Fair just enough. that's just not going to be... That's not going to tick the horror boxes for me. Um but yeah, as we go through it, there's lots of stuff that I actually quite like about it, and it grew on me. It definitely grew on me. Martin, um, uh, when you suggested it, I have I will confess that I was internally a bit sniffy purely because it was Ryan or Ryan Reynolds. Um, but then I was surprised about how much I liked it when I watched it. And was also surprised when I realised that I actually I've watched it once before. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a horror? I don't know. Is it a comedy? I don't know. Did make you laugh? Um, it did make me laugh. I liked it. It's not. A, it's. It does. I did like it. Um, I have some thoughts. I do have some thoughts about it as a horror. I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've got some issues with it, but. Oh no, yeah, it is a good film. Yeah, I, I did kind of choose this one thinking that you wouldn't quite agree with me mm. and my opinion of this film. It's one that I think kind of plays to my taste quite well of being kind of super happy and weird and dark at the same time. I like anything that kind of plays with that psychotomy. Mm. And that's why I was just kind of like, as soon as I watched it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But I did think that you would probably hate it. So yeah, this is actually it. better reactions yeah, than what I thought. The, just the, the worst thing about it, the, the thing I actually hated about it was that it was close to being a great film, but it just wasn't. It just was missing something to make it a great film. It yeah. was just a good film. Yeah, and that annoyed me that it was missing. I mean, I'd go into it later, but I won't be talking about it. But that did annoy me. I find I str- I struggle with um, films that try to sort of straddle different genres. Yeah. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think of one that works, and I can't really think of one that works completely off the top of my head. For me, I, my example I was going to give was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I haven't seen that, yeah. See, yeah. it's like, that knows what it wants to be. That's a comedy, but using horror tropes. Right. Whereas this, for me, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's a bit, it's it doesn't both. know if it wants to be a, a horror. If it doesn't know if it wants to be a comedy. Is it a comedy with horror moments? Is mm. it a horror with funny bits? And it just, it's got no identity. And I just, that's what annoyed me. Yeah, like Shaun of the Dead is comedy with a horror setting. Yeah. 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 If you'd have to choose one and kind of stick to it. Yeah. Fast borrowing from you. A Malabimba is a porno in a horror setting. <laughs> <laughs> with comedy elements. With comedy elements. <laughs> yeah. Unintentional. Unintentional comedy, comedy elements. elements. Yeah. 
I think part of what's telling about this film and its struggle with the two um, with the two sides of its identity is that Marjane Satrapi or however we are murdering your name <laughs> um, wasn't the original director for it and I'm not sure she's gone on and done anything else since oh she wasn't no, oh, it was um, it was Mark Romanek ah. who did um, well. He's the Madonna connection for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he did bedtime the bed, he did the amazing be- bedtime story video for Madonna, and it probably his most famous film before this was one hour photo with mm. um, Robin Williams, which is pretty good. Um, which is a pretty good film, and I think when you when a film. When a film goes through that process of swapping directors and swapping mm. people, there's something, there's often something a bit flawed about it. Nobody quite commits to it. Nobody yeah. quite, especially it when it's director. Point. There's some if the director isn't actually fully committed to it and chasing mm. that film, getting it to be made, does something not quite. Does something not quite right? Yeah, it loses its sort of line of authenticity, doesn't yeah. it? From what the what it was perceived as. Mm. Through to what it, what you know. I imagine she probably yeah, has a little bit, bit more of craziness to it than what the original might have maybe quite have been. Maybe yeah. Is he, start is he quite a dark, dark? Is he quite a dark director? Then thinking about well, one hour photo. It was quite a dark, quite a dark film, and it was quite. Um, Robin Williams, obviously. <laughs> famously quirky mm. Mm. lots of very sentimental films if he wasn't doing outright Com- comedy yeah. Yeah. and actually plays a a, a very dark stalkery mm. geeky guy who works in a in a photo development shop and starts yeah. stalking a woman who um, who's getting her photos developed mm. there and so so yeah I guess he does have quite a dark yeah, um, he could easily approach delved into the comedy. Yeah, and he didn't it stuck? It sticks straight. And I wonder. I, I suppose my my thing with this film is maybe it would have been a dis would wouldn't it would have been doing a disservice even if he had done it because I think it needed a different sort of. Um, I think it needs a different sort of director. Yeah, I think it needs a director who is more committed. Who is more committed to the comedy. Mm. I actually thought it could have been a great film. Yeah, if, that was mine. It could have been a great film if John Waters had um, directed yeah. it. If it had been and a bit more outrageous. It had been more outrageous. Sometimes it didn't... For me, the comedy didn't quite go quite as comedic as it could have been. It wasn't as dark as it could have been or as outrageous as it could have been. Mm. It never quite was horrific enough for me. Mm. But was serviceable mm. as entertainment. I can't say I was ever bored. No. Watching mm. it. Definitely not. I'm definitely not bored. I just had all these moments. What the fuck? I don't, what am I supposed to be feeling? I don't know what I'm meant to feel now. You know, I don't know whether I'm meant to feel empathy for him. Towards the end, you did because what they did is they started to drop in his backstory, didn't they? With yeah. the flashbacks to his mum, mm. his mum's suicide, which he helped with in the end. Um, and I did sort of feel for him towards the end. And I've got to say, Ryan Reynolds is a good actor. Mm-hmm. He, he's good mm. isn't he? he's really good in this um, I've only ever seen him in this and I think the Amityville remake yeah which all, all I remember about that is his tits um, but in this he, he's good he's he's, he, he, he's, um, he's sympathetic isn't he and he's mm. quirky and he, he does he does a lot of really good comedy moments as well um, so he's good the acting's all quite good actually because Gemma Arterton I don't rate at all I think she gets like Blow, smoke blown up her ass and I don't think she's that great whereas mm. she's quite funny mm. she was quite funny Anna um, Kendrick I love Anna I think Kendrick. she was I think she was really really good um, in her in the her murdery pit she was fabulous yeah yeah I was like I, yeah. was, I was I was gripped it's probably that is the moment for me where it was most terrific because I was actually mm. I, I was almost on the edge of my seat going no please get away yeah. please get away please yeah. get away yeah no, she was good. I don't know, really know her that I don't. I haven't seen her in anything else. You've never seen Anna Kendrick, I don't think so. I don't think I have. Have seen Pinch Perfect? No. Yeah. No. She's brilliant. Oh, okay. And she's also in Twilight, and she, uh, I know it's an atrocious film, but she also has one of my favourite moments in anything ever in that film, and she sarcastically goes, movie night with Bella! And it's 
I don't know why I would have said because me and Irish say that to be fair. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. Um, but I've always heard the name, so I was glad to see a film that she was in, actually. And who plays the girl, who's the mate, the, the fat girl that they work with? She's right. very familiar as well. She's only in, like, two scenes. I don't think they really... She doesn't really get much to do, does she? Yeah, but she, I've seen her in something, for sure. It seems like her role was maybe a bit bigger and they've chopped it out a bit. Yeah. She, she's just there when it's convenient. Yeah, and Jackie mm. Weaver, play, who plays... Um, the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist. <laughs> she is the original Smith in the Animal Kingdom film. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. She's smart that. She was nominated for an Oscar for that. So she's a really good actress, and I loved all the scenes that she was in. Yeah, mm. all the stuff with the shrink was uh, was really good. Plot summary. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the plot basically revolves around Jerry, who has a mental health issue and a tendency to hear voices. Jerry's lovable but dopey dog and angry, sarcastic birth cat both talk to him, each playing the angel and devil on his shoulder, respectively. Jerry lives in Morton. Milton. 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 Anywhere? Put that down on. Morton's on the Wirral. That's where I am. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm changing location. It's Morton fine. on the Wirral is much more disturbing it is. Yeah. than Milton. It's dangerous road to the That's where I pulled that out of my head. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song at the start of the film about it being Milton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Leave me alone. This is your, this is your film. <laughs> I'm just going to criticise you when you're always saying <laughs> Um, so it's a small town with only one industry selling bathroom appliances. Yes. Yeah. Um, so after the work's <laughs> annual picnic, Jerry falls for the beautiful English accountant Fiona, who's a little less interested than in him. After her unfortunate early demise, Jerry struggles with his feelings of guilt and the pleasure he takes in the situation. He tries to work it through with medication and the help of his psychiatrist, who's not very good at her job. <laughs> She's actually not very good at her job. <laughs> But after um, a second chance of love with Lisa, who's a lot more into him than Fiona was, ends in the same sort of tragedy. Jerry's <laughs> world is quickly spiralling out of control until Jesus has to step in. When does Jesus step in? The very end. Jesus steps in. Oh, you mean like in that last scene, so not before that? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Because I was trying to think, where's the Jesus link? Because when Jesus popped up at the very end, I thought, has he been throughout it? Have I missed some sort of... Jesus-y, God-y type message. Well, he does pray, doesn't he? After he the... does pray. Yeah. And his mum talks to angels. So the writer of this wrote Paranormal Activity 2. The one that you don't... Do you like the odds or the evenings? I, I like the odds. I like the odds, See, yeah. I like Paranormal Activity 2. That was my favourite. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. And he also wrote... He's, he's mainly written TV and he wrote uh, episodes of the series Millennium. Does anyone ever oh, see I that? I like Millennium, yeah. Mm. It's like a X-Files spin-off kind yeah, of, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I really enjoyed Millennium. Um, I thought that I thought that was quite interesting. I don't think he's done any other films other than this. But it, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting script. The dialogue and it's quite funny. There's there was quite a few funny bits. Yeah. The bit where the um, so the bit near the beginning where they go out after the conga and then they go out for the meal, uh, and they're all sitting around talking and what's basically Fiona's holding court talking about how she moved to America with her boyfriend who then ditched her for someone else. Yeah. And in the middle of it all, he just pop, pipes up and says, "I know karate." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was quite cute. Um, the conga scene was there because I thought, because yeah. I thought it was going to be like this was in his head and he's imagining. Well, maybe it is, but anyway, I thought it was. Oh, he yeah, was imagining yeah. what it was going to be like and how great it was, and he was just congering all through the office. And then when he gets home, it, that was real. That's what actually yeah. happens. Yeah. I loved it. And then the hall was not a good place to do the conga, except for in this film. <laughs> in reality, you would not see that hall and go. Let's start a conga. Yeah, we did a conga through this house on the housewarming, which was awkward. Do you remember that? I do. But do you love good conga, then? I like a good conga. Yeah. I was a bit confused because I watched it on Friday evening and went went to bed. Mm. But I'd also been watching Mad Men recently, and there was an episode where they did a conga Mm. right through that office, and I couldn't remember whether I was merging (laughs) Mad Men into this film or whether it had actually happened so it did two congas in one week yeah I like the setting of the town I think Milton small America I think they captured the atmosphere quite well in the small American shit industrial town I like the factory and uh, the bowling alley as well the, the it's just the coolest like place ever to live and he lives there I didn't realise at first that he lives above above it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I like the way that was lit. It looked like a paint. It looked like a picture. Yeah, yeah. the colour palette of it mm. was beautiful. It was really good. When he's eating the leftover pizza in the meeting about it, and the, he goes, the other guy who's like the stuck up pretentious ones goes, 
oh, I can think of a lot of things better, like sushi. And he goes, oh, you like raw fish? And he goes, sushi is finely prepared rice, my the best chefs, and it's perfectly seasoned. And he goes, so fish. <laughs> but I also like that because whenever anyone says, oh, sushi, that's just fish, I'm like, no, it's not, it's rice. It's <laughs> rice. I always say that. And I literally watched that scene and I was like, Oh, I'm a cunt. <laughs> I love it when you see yourself reflected back in on the film. Like, that's me. I am actually a twat. What's the name of the Chinese restaurant he goes to? And he, the way he pronounces it. Shishan. And he always pronounces it the same way, which I thought was quite cute as well. There's loads of little quirky things, little quirky yeah, the, affectations he does. That restaurant seems really good with the Chinese Elvis. Yeah, so so amazing. He looks amazing as Elvis, the yeah. Chinese fella. And then there's like a fake Bruce Lee as well, isn't there? Yeah. Doing back with yeah. the restaurants. I like the two together, though, like, you know, that you can see both acts. And yeah. it's just so strange because he's the only customer in the whole in the whole restaurant, and the restaurant's huge. Yeah. I do think it was a really interesting bit where, obviously, throughout this film, he talks to his pets, but at this point, he talks to the goldfish in this bowl and then does an impersonation of yeah. the goldfish talking back to him. And I was a bit like, is that a very deliberate choice of, is he insane? Is he, yeah. at this point, is he just being cute? Like we would maybe, like sometimes put on the voice of a pet as a joke. Mm. Or was he just, were he actually seeing him being insane at that point and not knowing? Or is that how the, the voices emerged from the pets? Yeah, because, because it's like, you do talk to your pets, but actually his voice is transferred to them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think at the end he does do that. Yeah. He speaks out loud as him. But yeah, when, there. Mm. when his pets have run away, he just puts on their voice and speaks. Yeah. Speaks as himself if he was anyway. still there. So I feel like that was like an early hint, but thrown into a stupid comedy scene. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I suppose it's not really a hint because. Not a hint, but yeah. <laughs> because animals can't talk, so obviously it's. Yeah, they can. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? <laughs> and if a cat could talk, it would be this cat. This cat is exactly what cats. I don't even think think. a cat would rise to bother to talk to any human. Yeah, just joke. They probably do speak, don't they? They just can't be asked. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Even yeah, maybe they can, and they just thought, "Fuck it, not asked." I think cats would be more like mean girls. (laughs) They just wouldn't bother. Yeah, yeah. I like the way. I like the way they set Jerry up in terms of work because obviously he's like an established. He's worked there forever, but with the girls in the accounts office, he's a mystery, and they're intrigued. They're all obviously intrigued by him in some mm. way, um, and that just I just I like that little note because it's just a, a, an interesting way of setting him up as being a bit of an an outsider. oddball, an odd mm. yeah, and an outsider. Mm. And yeah. he's, he's nobody's quite nobody's ever quite penetrated the real yeah. Jerry. I quite like his pink overall as well. Yeah. I thought that was quite fetching. Yeah. See, I think a lot of that when when you find out later on what's going on and when, when he has like his breaks, when he takes his pills and stuff, it's you start to think how much of that is real and what is his office actually like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because when he's on when he's not on his medication he sees the world in a certain way, like mm. all the colours, like yeah. you're saying what the colours of the bowl and all it's like what are they actually really like? Yeah. And yeah. what is what's his office really like? Because he sees like it's like synchronized forklift trucks. Like, yeah. Picking up the like, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not. That's Tim not a little real. song about yeah. Fiona and Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's probably. And I don't think that I don't think the overalls would have actually been pink. I no. feel like that was. That's in his, his head. That's yeah. in his head. That's all in his head. Bubble compact. Technicolor sort of yeah, and and you sort of see it in action, don't you? Like later in the film, there's that moment where she breaks in, where Lisa breaks into the flat. And sees if what it really is, and the colour palette's different, and there's mm. shit, ev- there's cat and dog shit everywhere, and there's moles everywhere. And and there's pizza boxes. Well, that's his, well, yeah. And... Just, well, in his head, he's cleaned up all the blood, hasn't he? But when he wakes up, yeah. there's just blood everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And the head's just rotten in the fridge. Yeah. Um, How many Tupperware boxes does it take to store a cut up dead body? There's only one way to find out. I do, I do like that scene. Now, um, he's walking through the car park. Of, he must have gone to like a, some sort of um, supermarket, and he's got like forty Tupperware boxes and a pack of saws. <laughs> 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 like loads of hacksaws. It's like, yeah, that that wouldn't look good, really, was it? <laughs> yeah. No, I really like the Tupperware boxes. I thought that was a really, yeah, so he's really got nice touch. Tupperware boxes. 
loads of hacksaws, blood all over his truck, and the windows are smashed. Yeah, it's like, and, and the sheriff's just like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's totally believable for a small town as well. Like, yeah, you, the the sheriff probably would have just been like that. And it's, it's a hunting, it's, it's oh, like hunting town yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. People, people hunt all the time, so he's used to seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think that that scene with the car crash, and he, like when they're half dead, they start speaking to him, and he just. I do think the way he sees it versus how she must have seen it. Yeah. It's just a funny thing to think about because, like, he literally just gets a knife out and slits the throat of this thing and yeah. sprays blood all over it. I would fucking run a mile. I know. I know. But she tried to, to be fair. Yeah. Didn't she? I was quite shocked that she died so early on. Mm. That character. Um, so I thought that thing that was good. Um, and when he's saying, I'm sorry, and he's stabbing her again and again, going, I'm mm. sorry, I'm sorry. And it's sort of a flashback to his mum as well, isn't mm. it? Because she was sort of, she was, she sort of stabbed herself and needed him to finish it off. Whereas yeah. this time, you know, the death, the stabbing was an accident, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, even the deer as well, arguably, because the deer, doesn't the deer say, oh, like, finish me off or kill yeah. me? And that's, that's kind of the same happened to his mum, he had to... Yeah. yeah. We probably need to set a bit of context, don't we? So, Jerry had asked... Oh, yeah. Um, Fiona. Fiona, who's Gemma Arson, out on a date, and to then the, she'd... To the greatest Chinese restaurants in the world. She shan't. She shan't. She shan't. <laughs> and then she... Well, really wasn't really that into it, was she? No. And decided to go out with her mates instead and didn't make a huge effort to let him know. No, and when she does, her mate says, oh, you're such a nice person. You know, when she says, when they say, don't you think you should tell him that you're not going to meet him? And she's like, oh, I think I'll just leave a message on his aunt's phone. When they went me shut. Yeah. <laughs> Before we leave. And they're all like, oh, yeah, that's that's the nicest thing to do. And I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's the worst thing to do. I think that was the thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So she has a marvellous time, doesn't she? At the karaoke. With the karaoke. <laughs> singing, um, singing Knock on Wood. Knock on Wood, Amy Stewart, yeah. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. And then, pissed it's pouring down. A car won't start. A car won't start. She wanders out and Jerry ends up somehow passing by. He's driving, he's driving back from the restaurant, isn't he? Yeah, crying. Yeah. And then they decide to go and get a late night burger. She needs something greasy and horrible, she says. Yeah. Who goes mm. to this diner on the county line? Yeah, <laughs> suspicious in itself. Suspicious in itself. <laughs> then they run into a deer. Yes, the deer comes. Oh, the deer jumps the into screen. him. Yeah, and also set to this um, to the scene where he's talking about killing the deer. Like he kills the deer. He's also doing a riddle about the fourth angel, and oh, he just yeah. goes, oh, God. "It's Lucifer." Slits <laughs> 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 him. It's just really fucking dark. <laughs> it's weird, yeah. It's so weird. So yeah, so she freaks out, runs through the woods, mm. and he goes after her to stop her, but then does he like fall on her with the knife? Falls on her. Runs into her. Runs into her with the knife. But I also think that, I think he genuinely just, in reality, just killed her. Like, just stabbed her. I don't think he did fall into her. Oh, you think that that was his way of yeah, doing it? His, his way of rationalising. Yeah. yeah. Because none of it really makes sense. I don't understand how you could accidentally f- run after someone fall into them with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. And as the cat says, why did you take the knife? Yeah. Mm. That's true. That's the cat true. knows best. Yeah. The cat does. And then, is that when we have that amazing line where the cat's like, you're going to spend the rest of your life, you're going to spend 15 years in jail getting fucked by, getting fucked up the ass by meth heads with tattoos. <laughs> and then the dog says the great line, you're a good man who made a mistake. Nobody's going to rape you, Jerry. <laughs> hey, buddy. Oh, Bosco, what a day, what a day. I wish you could have been there. <sighs> Did you fuck the bitch? I don't have to answer that. And you'll never fuck her either because you disgust her. Shush. Yeah, shut up, cat. She's from England, Jerry. In her eyes, you're a ridiculous peasant. Oh, oh, yeah. Guess what? I'm not a peasant, Mr. Whiskers. Hmm? I'm thinking that this is a real good time for a walk, Jerry. I think that's a fantastic idea. You're out your league. She drinks tea in carriages and fucks men with names like Nigel or Aiden or Lord Ribblesdale. Huh? Jerry, go show her a hairball. Cat haters. Come on, Basco. Let's go, buddy. Come on. <laughs> so did, did you prefer the cat or the dog? I love the cat. Um. I didn't particularly like either of them. I think it didn't work for me. Sorry. I preferred the dog. But, um, really? Yeah. 
hate I hate the, the shit cat, the Scottish accent. It's bad Scottish accent. I love the cat though, because I just think he's definitely he has some of the best one liners. I love when he's she if she fucks men with names like Nigel made me home. Yeah. <laughs> and they're very well, fuck me, I'm an asshole. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny as well. Got a date with Fiona on Friday night from England? Well, fuck me. I'm an asshole. I apologize, man. You were right. Cat food's in the kitchen, Jeremy. I can't open the can. I don't have thumbs. What the hell you been doing? You are both so fucking naive. You go to the cops and you say, Hey, man, I accidentally stabbed that English chick. Oh, oh, oh. You think they'll all nod and understand the way your stupid dog does? I don't know. I do know. They're gonna throw your ass in jail where tattooed meth addicts will butt-fuck you daily for 15 years to life. You're a good man who made a mistake. Nobody is gonna rape you, Jerry. Go get rid of the fucking body dipshit. Um, and I like how, so then he dismembers it, doesn't he? Keeps her head, which obviously starts talking to him as well. Yeah. And I love the fact that I thought it was a really clever piece of writing, really astute, was that she um, she speaks to him in his version of an American accent, uh, of a British accent. Mm. So she so, suddenly starts talking like Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> every other way is like, you know, yeah. oh, blimey, oh, bloody hell, <laughs> yeah. oh, governor, and, you know, all that. Then it gets quite grisly, doesn't it? Where, he, where he's had to buy all the Tupperware and mm. the swords. And he spends an evening cutting up her, cutting up her body. Yeah, <laughs> and that's quite that's quite visceral, yeah. actually, isn't it? It's quite because um, he can't quite do it, can he? He's got to no, get like a got to get a little hatchet and yeah, chop her little bit. And I did think it was quite funny when the leg falls on the the floor when he successfully yeah. gets all the way to it. <laughs> <laughs> I like at this point as well is when um, the severed head of Fiona convinces him to start taking his tablets, mm. and um. You obviously start snapping back into reality and seeing everything a little bit and you get your first kind of hint of what the actual world is. Yeah. And then, like, when he comes back again and she's back to normal, he's like, she's like, let's never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, but we're watching them sort of descend, aren't we, from general mad person to psychotic killer, aren't we? Yeah. That's what the film's about. It's about this journey to becoming... Spiraling. It's a spiral and then to becoming a serial killer, isn't it? And yeah. it's how he rationalises that and how he sort of deals with it with... Talk animals and talking heads and all that sort of stuff. How do you think? I don't I haven't done any research at all because I've watched it like an hour ago. How do you think that um, like mental health charities and stuff responded? To I this think film? this is. I think they take it. Very good representation of mental health. It's like it's like if you're schizophrenic and don't take your drugs, you'll you will murder people. It's also very inaccurate. I don't think you tend to people don't tend to hear voices like this. It's kind of like a, a dramatised version of what the reality is. It's a shorthand, though. It's a shorthand for people to understand. Yeah, to get what's going on. Yeah. It's like when things do multiple personalities and, like, everything but multiple personalities. Like, it's yeah. pretty much agreed. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Often people's voices that they hear are... They're like an extension... They're, they're like a distorted extension of the internal dialogue that we all hear anyway yeah. selves. I think they people can think that those voices have different identities. Yeah. Hearing voices is quite common. Yeah. Well the the same. Some, peop- some, peop- <laughs> some people have like, some people have have um have nice voices. Some people they're just voices just don't bother them. Yeah. Nobody's gonna murder anyone. Well just that's it. The, the shrink at the end even says, doesn't she, you know, that everyone hears voices all the time. You, yeah. That's you, your thoughts. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no voice behind it, is it? It's just it's mm. in your head, but it's it's you telling yourself what to yeah. think or what yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah, she says doesn't she she says, I know she's that down. Just cause you just because you have thoughts doesn't mean that you have to act on them. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, taking yeah. notes for myself on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, no, right. Think, She's right. I think that's why I really <laughs> no, I need to remember this. Being alone in the world is the root of all suffering, but you're not alone. I thought that was quite nice. Yeah. I thought there were moments in the script, not just moments, most of the scripts was really good. Mm. Most of the dialogue was really nice. It really was. I also liked, because sorry, I'm just going back with but I just really liked this moment. Um, back at when they, they all go for drinks after work, I like the bit where Lisa is trying to get a lift home off Jerry, but Jerry's only interested in um, 
Fiona and yeah. like kind of playing <laughs> off each other like so are you gonna take yeah head on me and it's and doesn't Fiona like isn't Fiona like it's fine I'm fine it's yeah like, it's... take Lisa and, and he's like no no I'm gonna take you and I feel really sorry for Lisa I I love I don't know I'm also biased because I really like Anna Kendrick but mm. I I just think that it's so cute the way she plays that is really fun if that character was real I bet when she's cowering in the bedroom. She's thinking, fuck, this would have just happened earlier if I'd got that lift off him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the line where um, when it's a Fiona goes missing and then he comes into work on the Monday and uh, I think it's his boss says, have you, have you heard from Fiona? Um, she, no, she hasn't called in for work. And she goes, oh, uh, maybe she went back to her own country. Because <laughs> 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 it's just like, that's, a, that's something that happened. Yeah. It's like... Uh, I'm bored on Friday. I'll just go watch it. <laughs> yeah. But no one is concerned enough, though, because the car's blatantly, like, in the parking lot and she hasn't come into work. Yeah. I would be like, parking lot? Papa? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's part of He's, like, convinced himself that nobody's caught. Nobody's yeah. caught yeah. on that she's disappeared. Nobody's concerned. Yeah. He'll be fine. But also, she's a temp as well, isn't she? Yeah. So they probably don't really care as mm. much about her as they would about one of the others. Jerry. Hi, Fiona. Look what you did to me. I'm so sorry. Friday I had a pretty cushy gig. I had lots of friends. I was the office hottie. Now I'm a severed head in a fridge. Sucks to be me, Jerry. What can I do about it now? Take the meds, you useless wanker. Take them. Take them! wasn't so hard, was it? But well, in a town that small, one person going missing, you know, yeah, would yeah, be noticeable. Yeah. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Especially someone that's different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like when Eva Trinchy's asking them to kill Lisa from accounting for the um, she needs to, a join, to join a friend, and then he feeds her some cereal. Because I just think that once again. <laughs> I think my favourite bit of this film is watching the sugar happiness scenes and thinking about the reality behind yeah. them yeah. of what is actually going on there because you're just like pouring cereal <laughs> over this severed head's Dead mouth. <laughs> I, know, I was thinking that. I was thinking the gonna, if it goes in the mouth, it's going to come out of the neck. Yeah. And that milk's going to turn sour. It's funny how I wasn't thinking about the blood and the guts, but this, this milk turned sour. Well, that's like Dharma. Dharma kept... Yeah. Seven heads of the fridge, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, I like Dharma as well. This, by the way, is the most I've ever fancied Ryan Reynolds, and I think that says something about me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think there's something endearing about his character in this that I'm like, oh, just love him. Yeah, I don't fancy him remotely, but um, I think he's endearing, definitely. I think I think you feel for him. I think especially the scene when he takes her to his old house and yeah. you get all that, and then, you know, we he's talking about how we never have friends and he used to just sit in the window and look out and it's like oh that is all that is sad and that yeah. they are good scenes it is and and yeah and the actor has done the work as well he's he, you can see that he's done a lot of work him in, in giving the character lots of funny little um little ticks and idiosyncrasies and yeah he's those awkward little things that he says and stuff and you know i feel like it is a really strong performance actually but i think you probably fancy him more because he's a serial killer interesting <laughs> i just fancy him anyway but you know i'll yeah. take him at any point but yeah. i'll take him because he's endearing cute and serial killer and i'm yeah. like i'm okay with that definitely yeah yeah he's silly versatile he could be topless more but you know that's why we have he's not topless at all is he no so this is why i Need to watch this and then just watch that amateur horror and just watch and chop wood. Yeah, on repeat. Chop wood to get wood. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I, I quite enjoyed the bit when he was praying in his um, chewing gum gray white fronts. That looked like they hadn't been washed in about four years. Like, oh god. I do. Um, I like this <sighs> the moment with the cats getting off and watching the um, wildlife sex. That's so fucked up. <laughs> so fucking weird. That's so fucked up because that means he's getting off on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucking weird. Yeah. And he's like, 
Oh, turn it off, I'm going to nut. I'm going to explode. <laughs> Stop it. Is this before or after he killed Lisa? This is before. Okay, so she comes around and she's surprise him. Does she bring cakes? Yeah, some cakes, a vodka cakes. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'll, and, he, and then he comes out to speak to her, doesn't he, and locks himself out, and he's like, I'll get in through the skylight. <laughs> um, but Lisa's like, no, it's fine, I'll, I'll help. I thought this was one of the more creepy bits for me. Well, this is it. This is the yeah. moment for me where I thought, oh, this Not is the Even shit. from the, the outside bit where like, she's discovering it and he just watches it from the skylight. Yeah. Mm. That bit by itself before he even enters the room is just disturbing. Yeah, totally. Totally. So she picks the lock, doesn't she? And then crack that. And she you see the, the carnage in the in the flat and that's the first time we see it properly isn't yeah. it as well no I think you do see when he when he takes when he takes his medication for the first time you see glimpses but it's, it's a bit cut weird when he yeah take, you see all the pizza meds. boxes wrapped in cling film mm. and stuff and you see like, all the dog shit and catches everywhere mm. and a bit of blood but you, it's only for a second he wakes up and sees it and then just throws yeah. his medication down the sink doesn't he yeah there's far more Tupperware boxes than you ever realise at mm-hmm. this moment yeah all full of body parts all full of body parts yeah because yeah, in his head they're all and not so prettily yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all stacked up on the shelf on his worktop aren't they yeah and poor Fiona's head is on the floor mm. isn't he isn't on the table with a jacket over yeah oh, on, on the table, table. yeah just yeah. half over yeah because he just threw it over hasn't he before he answered the door mm. uh, I think that again, again that shows that he's not you know, he obviously can't be thinking right it's just like there's a service head on the table mm. I'll just put my coat on it and it'll be fine you know, mm. no notice yeah so he's, he's not really thinking straight yeah so then we have that confrontation that we in the bedroom and uh, does she whack him over the head with something she rips like the the rail off the wall in the That's bathroom right, yeah. yeah and chops him with it and then she tries to get out and he chops it in the bedroom and then he throws it doesn't he, he throws it down mm. she tries to sort of um talk him down doesn't she and she says it's okay you know uh, I'm telling you I don't know that. and then he, he sort of throws it on the bed and she she breaks her neck she's she on like the corner of the unit yeah and so she's, she's still alive she's laying there paralysed on the bed so it's all really dark stuff like really hideously dark stuff it's hideous because she's just she's just broken isn't she And but she's still alive and she's crying but he's just calm he's calm he's yeah. taking himself out of that world and he's just curled up next to her yeah, and he's like, I'll help you. Mm. I'll put you out of your misery. Yeah. And then, quick cut, literally, and her head goes in the fridge next to Gemma Arterton's head. And then the cat and dog are talking to him again, and I'm just like, pulled back out of it again. So that's where that's the almost went there. Yeah, that's the bit where I was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to satisfy. It's I'm not going to get a satisfactory moment really from it. But then, and then quite quickly, it spirals, and he kills the other girl. Yeah. As well. yeah. <laughs> So the hits fast forward a little bit. So there's three heads in the fridge. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I felt like that character just didn't even need to exist. Yeah, that's what I, mean. I was getting that. Yeah. It's it just... She barely shows up, and when she does, it's nothing interesting. Yeah, there's basically the scene where they have to karaoke, and she's in the background. And there's a scene in the office when the other two are dead and already. And then, and then she, she catches up. them in the copy room. That's it, yeah. yeah. That's it. So it seems like either she had a bigger part or the character wasn't really necessary. Yeah. I mean, because especially because the other two girls dynamic together works really well, and then his just kind of because their works really well, his just kind of sticks out even more. Yeah. Like what the fuck was the point in you even being here? Yeah, there are some decisions that Jerry makes in the film that I find quite interesting. Actually, that aren't the most obvious decisions. And after he kills her and there's three heads in the fridge, he does the right thing, and he goes to his therapist and tells her. And yeah. That's like that's something I completely wasn't expecting. And then later on, in the at the very end, he decides to just lay there and die. That I was totally not expecting that either. Mm-hmm. So those are two good things I was surprised by. Um, so he goes to the therapist, doesn't it? Doesn't he? And she doesn't really handle it. <laughs> she doesn't do it very well. And it made me think of what we were talking about the other day about private practices. Yes. And if you were at home alone, and, and if um, someone came around who was a crank, basically, yeah. and you were trapped with them, <laughs> I was watching it thinking, oh, this could actually happen to someone. Yes. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's what that was quite interesting, and he's like, "Have you got any duct tape?" Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> but why?" I just she was fucking awful at her job. Bad. She like every time she did the interview, she'd be like, "Are oh, you taking your meds?" And he'd be like, 
inconspicuous sunset. Oh, but you need to. <laughs> I, I didn't notice though some of her lines. Well, it's when I think when he's actually kidnapped her, she says like, you know, maybe I should have aimed higher on a government job. So it's kind of like yeah, see, it's because isn't it to do with like the department's corrections? Yeah. Mm. So, so she's not like top dollar. No, she's, she's, she's yeah. like I just she's, she's doing it basically for free. She's yeah. paid by the government and yeah. probably seeing just criminals and convicts. So she's yeah. doing half our half our job fly yeah. attack of these bastards now want to want to squash it between episodes definitely <laughs> yeah. no, she's also she's and she's that psychiatrist in a small backwater yeah. town yeah yeah she's not that psychiatrist yeah. in a borough in New York or no. yeah. LA I mean, or something is she I will give her credit the fact that even after all this happens later on when she does eventually get put back in ambulance she asked him not to hear someone because he's just scared and confused and I thought that was a nice touch because like maybe she's she's at least got feelings and yeah, she's, she's heart yeah. in the right place she's got empathy I think for she's, maybe she's, she's not very good but she's really nice I think she's got empathy for him right the way through because even yeah. I think I would be like no fuck him <laughs> yeah she's a really strong actress as well mm. woman. I really like her so he drives out to the middle of nowhere doesn't he and she's tied up on the bonnet of his car and then they have this big, deeper, meaningful conversation where she's like t- talking to him, and she gives him. He says, "Doesn't he? You've just given me ten years of therapy in, in five minutes yeah. or something," which is quite cool. I do like that scene. No, that it's a good scene. See, there are there are definitely good scenes in it. And then in a stark contrast, the scene after it is like it's been dropped in from somewhere else. It's like completely superfluous. And it looks completely different to all the rest of the film. Just the dad, is it? The mum and dad? No, it cuts to it cuts to um it cuts to the guys from work. The two coming, guys from work. And mm. they come and find they come and let the dog, the cat the dog and the cat out. Mm. Um, they find the cars. Didn't they you? find the cars, but it looks really strange because it's got a tint on it to make it look like nighttime, and it's not. Oh yeah, it's just mm. on day for night, but it's just it just looks really shit, yeah. and it's completely different from all the other I scenes. I think that looks weird, but I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, and it's been dropped in. It looks like they just thought, "Shit, we need to fill." Like, we need to explain why the police turn up. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Um, I don't think that if that's where the car was, then maybe the car wasn't in the parking lot. Very soon, but why oh, did parking lot? Fiona's was because she left it there. Yeah, because it broke. It wouldn't start. But Lisa's and Allison's. Oh, is it hmm. Allison's? Is yeah. the second car? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was really strange, especially coming off the back of such a good scene as well. Yeah, because there's like, but, uh, but about that scene up here though with his dad. It was when they go to visit the old house, and he that's right. Yeah, because he's got like the weird sock, the rabbit sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the scene. It's a really, it's really good. It's like he's in the foreground. I think he's round the side of the door frame, and his mum's just sitting on the stairs in the background, and she. Just yeah. like yeah. crying, yeah. Well, he shouts. Well, his dad's shouting. And yeah, the dad's just shouting. But the dad's not even on screen, is he? He's off screen, just mm. shouting at him. Doesn't he say, "I wish he'd never been born"? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is it's quite just, just a, it's just a sock, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. But that, but no one, no one's born like that. You know, people become like this for you know the backgrounds yeah. and upbringing, yeah. isn't it? Mm. No one's born evil, apart from maybe you. Mm. Um, my pedigree. <laughs> I do. I do just think that uh, Ryan Reynolds in this as well just seems to have a lot of. F- I feel like he's having fun, and I think that's why I like it because I think he, you can just tell that he's enjoying the fact that he did every all of the voices and commits to everything. And I think that's why I kind of enjoyed it with him as well. I think it's a film that he actually wanted to do and he wanted to be part of. So I yeah. think that's why his performance is really yeah committed. Yeah, he's good. And does he, does he play Deadpool as well? Yeah, he's yes. in Deadpool. Because I've never seen those films. And it, it's first I've heard he's quirky and funny. I think the first well. one's on Netflix at the moment. Oh, is it? It's, he's brilliant and beautiful. Yeah. I thought one of the failings of the film was actually, it felt like it was an adult indulgence of Ryan Reynolds. Mm. That he did all those voices. And actually, it could have been better if it hadn't, if it had had, other people doing that. I mean, I don't think there's any getting away from a dog and a cat talking and that distracting you from mm, yeah. the film. But I always... There's something just... There's something about zany Ryan Reynolds doing those voices which doesn't quite, yeah. doesn't quite do it for me. And I just... I know he's the star of the film... But it shouldn't be his film. No. Yeah. I think even just having it so the cat 
the cat and dog's mouths don't move. Even that might have been a bit of an improvement as well. Mm. But having like CGI mouths moving, that's yeah. that takes out even a bit more. Because even then, if the if the they just stayed and you know the mouths stayed closed and he just heard the voices in his head, then that would you know that would lead you more to it is in his head. It yeah, just made but, me think of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. I think it's probably the difference between liking Ryan and Ross. I said it's that a bad thing. <laughs> uh, well, for me, yeah, for a horror film, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not a horror film. I mean, I'm not, I need to, I need to stop looking at it as a horror film, but as a comedy, it does. I think as a very dark comedy, I think it does work. Yeah, I, I think it's right. the difference between liking Ryan Reynolds and not liking him because I think if you like Ryan Reynolds, then all of those factors and all the voices and things mm. work. And mm. if you like me, who's not a great Ryan Reynolds fan. Too much Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Is, this was the first time I thing. actually thought, oh shit, he can act. Yeah. Um, this mm. was the first time I was actually interested in him. So Stephen's a Reynolds girl and you're not. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I didn't know anything about him other than his tits in Amsterdam Horror, so I had no point of reference, so I came to it blind. And I was surprised that I thought, oh God, yeah, he's, he's a good actor. He can act. He also ruined the superhero film before he had a good one. Oh, he was in Green Lantern, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Green Lantern. Dog shit. Yeah. Awful. It's not. It's not <laughs> See, I think his acting isn't to do with the voices. His acting is to do with when he's acting being the character. Yeah. And in particular. That's, yeah, that's fine. That's good. That's, that's fine. That's mm. good. I was, yeah, so you, but you yeah. just think the voices but he, spoil. He's actually stars in multiple yeah. characters. I can understand the decision of using him, though, because if it is meant to be voices in his head, then having him do the voices yeah. makes sense. But then at the same time, so why, why did Jim Jamarson have his voice when he cuts her head off? Maybe that is. Maybe that's his impression of her voice. Yeah, maybe, well, you, know. maybe, maybe he's really talented. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes the shrink back, doesn't he, to the flat? Yeah. And quite quickly the police arrive and he escapes down the um, shaft. Vent. Vent. Yeah. Um, kicks a gas pipe. I think Vent is the preferred term. Vent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's how I identify. And he kicks, he kicks a gas pipe, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he got distracted by shafts. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's in the bowling alley, then isn't he? Yeah. And she, the shrink is rescued. Mm. Um, and he's in the bowling alley. Somehow there's some spark yeah, happens just, between uh, the pipes. Convenient spark is convenient. Yeah, convenient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it all blows up, but he's trapped then down the bowling alley, and the cat and the dog are like. Cat's saying, come on, you can escape and carry on with your killing spree. You like to kill now and all this. And the dog's like, no, lie there and breathe in the smoke. Do the right thing. And the, yeah, so this is, I was surprised, yeah, because he did, mm. the character did the right thing and just like yeah. sort of died. And I think it is sad because it kind of shows him that he was, even with it throughout the psychopathicness, he was just a nice person. I don't think he was inherently evil. No, no. He's just slightly flawed. I think that's where Ryan Reynolds does really well in that there is a there is a there is a sort of poignancy in parts to his to Jerry's character where obviously he's go he's you know, in complete chaotic meltdown, psychotic meltdown, and murdering people. But there's something about him that's trying to pull himself back. Yeah. yeah, but he, I was just thinking then, even then, the progression of the killings, it's like the first one is kind of like this is an accident, and then when he kills Lisa, it's kind of it's more of an accident, mm. it's it, it's kind of an accident, but not. And then by the third one, it doesn't even it doesn't even make excuses, you no. don't even see it, he just kills her. So yeah. that's kind of maybe this is the progression of this is how someone could become a serial killer yeah. when they just convince themselves that oh. You know, to start off with, oh, it's an accident, and mm. then now, oh, I just don't care. Mm. Yeah, and the cat is obviously his voice after the first one was talks about how he, you enjoyed it, though. Like, even... you killed for joy, yeah. I killed for joy. And so it's like he, part of him, the cat was convincing him that he did enjoy it, while the dog was like, oh, no, it was just an accident, you didn't do anything bad. And I think that just, the, the cat just starts winning towards the end, but then he switches back to the dog. But yeah. if there's, there's even a scene, isn't there, where the cat and dog tell him that, you know, Animal can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says to the shrink as well, doesn't he? I know that it's me. I know that the voices are me. Mm. He does say that. Um, so then the ending, um, I thought, oh, it's going for a downbeat ending. This is really quite powerful. And then boom, back again. This is what kept happening in the film. <laughs> I kept getting to a point where I was going, oh, 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 oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cat and the dog. Jesus. 
So and Stephen, then, it's your fucking choice. You describe the ending of this. Uh, this what the actual. So it's film. like very sixties <laughs> looking shift dresses. Everyone's in the pinks and the oranges, and they all sing a happy song, <laughs> and do a dance routine with Jesus as well. Mom. Hey, Jerry. Dad. Creep. Hey, Fiona. Lisa. Good evening, love. Hi, Jerry. Mmm, Allison? Hey, Jerry. I'm sorry I killed you guys. Let's not bring up the bad things. Let's just be happy. Jesus. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for the love. Thank you for coming. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Are my pets gonna be okay? You betcha. Sing a happy song, sing a happy song. Why don't you sing along, sing a happy song. Get on up and dance, sing a happy song. Come on, clap your hands, sing a happy song. It's all the made of victims, isn't it? It's all the made of victims, well, yeah. Mm. The, yeah, and they all just dance around and like do like weird little circle movements. They all lie down on the floor and pretend to walk and stuff. It's, I just thought it was fun as fuck. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, is it... It's like Austin Powers. Austin Powers, Austin Powers yeah. yeah, and it makes me think of my best friend's wedding, the opening scene where they cheat us the little song. Oh, yeah. Vision and Hope. Vision and Hope, and I didn't yeah. take those moments, and I just think they're really fun. Yeah. And for the film that was so super sweet and then super dark at the same time, I think it makes sense mm. to do to end it on something yeah. funny and stupid and completely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Why wasn't the deer in the end? Oh. Do you, uh, well, animals don't do the heavens, do they? Well, that's yeah. just horrible. They should do. Mm-hmm. Animals don't have souls. I was going to say dogs, do you? Animals have There's a film about them. Yeah. Well, dogs go to heaven. Which I remember being really dark itself. I, can't, I don't think I've watched that one. It's a dark one. There's a really scary dog hell in it. I just remember that. Is yeah, that? It's fucking horrible. I just remember traumatising me when I was a kid. So do watch like Water Sheep Down or Plague Dogs or something? Yeah. Have you ever seen Plague Dog? I've never seen Plague Dog. Have you watch Airbud? No. <laughs> <laughs> Airbud? Fucking hell, that is horror. <laughs> darkest order. So yeah, um, I did think it was a horror film, but I did actually, I did enjoy it in the end, and many, many good things. Yeah. I'll defend it, I think it is a horror film. Yeah. I think it, it, it has enough horror elements for me that I am there for the horror. Yeah. It's gruesome, and it's, I just think it's, it's a good, fun ride. Yeah. It plays to my tastes. Yeah. Dark, quirky comedy for me. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than I didn't enjoy it. I'll say, I think the, the problem I had with it was it didn't really, it didn't really know where it wanted to be and it wasn't, some films where, as, as, like I was saying, it's like Tucker and Dale versus Evil and Shaun of the Dead and stuff like that. When it's, you know, it's a comedy film with horror tropes or something can be, you know, a horror film but with comedy bits in it, it knows what it wants to be. Whereas this, I don't think it did. It's mm. trying to it's trying to straddle horror and comedy at the same time, and I don't think it works. But that but that annoys me because there is in there there's the seeds of a great film, yeah, and, but yeah. it just doesn't just doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, because I think you needed the director to you c- could commit to making it a dark dark comedy or a, like a you know a horror film with funny bits and could contain right. my middle's ego. Just drop that in there. <laughs> That's what I need to say. Um, do we know how it was received and when it came out and stuff? It's, critics liked it. Yeah. Um, like, really liked it, but I don't think... Or, like, I don't even think there's an opinion of cinema goers in the Wikipedia article. Did they even no. get a theatrical release? Because I, I didn't know of it before you told me no. about it. Um, I don't know. I saw it in the pictures. I saw it in the facts. Oh, okay. Um, but completely by accident, I got... Free tickets to one of those student nights to do. Oh, yeah. You know, I was a student in inverted commas. Yeah. Slackers club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went to, because um, I was when I was with Barney and Barney's mates worked there. Right. So we went to see it and we didn't have fucking clue what I was going to see. Yeah. And I just, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. And yeah. that's why it sticks with me. It had a budget of 11 million and it made 444,000. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and it won. Some very obscure French um, audience awards. Oh, from, fantastic! Yeah, it's yeah. like the French horror. Yeah, so yeah. it won an audience award and a jury award for the fan, oh, cool. film Fantastique, 
and L'Etrange Festival. It, it got the best festival's grand prize and prestigious audience award. So she is French, the director. In France, it was Trebon. It was never going to be mainstream anyway, and it, I, I'm guessing they probably didn't release it properly. Yeah. Because I didn't see it at all apart from that. No. Yeah. I don't really think I've ever met anyone who's watched it without me telling them to watch it. Mm. It's one of those films that could. With just the right momentum, could have become like a bit of a cult sleeper. Yeah, I think it probably will become a cult film just because of how unusual it is and yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I feel like it's got all the components of it. It was a bit like um, and I'm determined tr- to make it happen to so someone else. Likes it <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of, and I think it's probably Cable Guy. Cable Guy tries to tread that same kind mm. of line oh, with like a that, dark yeah. horror. Oh, I hated that. I wonder if this could actually work if somebody revisited it and made it into a television series. Oh no, I yeah, like, I a thought, Dexter, like a Dexter mm. type. Can someone revisit it and make it into a musical and then it would be exactly for me? <laughs> well, I could see that. I could see yeah. this as a I musical. I could totally see it, yeah. I could completely Maybe, it could be a musical. I would... Maybe there could be a musical interlude in every episode. Yeah, And everyone's happy. Lee with murder. Yeah. yeah. Well, I say everyone's happy. It means Martin and Stephen are happy. <laughs> so yeah, I think for me it was just it was just a shame because there's obviously a good idea at the core, but the execution just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Which which it frustrates me because obviously when you can see something you, could be great, and it yeah. just if it's dog shit all the way through and yeah, there's no potential, then that's if something's that's just crap, it's crap, and you're yeah. not you not you don't care. Mm. But it definitely has its moments. Yeah. So is she. Should we say goodbye? Say goodbye? Say goodbye? Say goodbye. Shishan. We'll see you in Shishan where I'll be having the Shimai. Chinese Elvis. I'll be having the Chinese Elvis, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can tweet us at HD99. I'm Johnny Larkin. At Johnny Larkin. Because uh, it was a 502. <laughs> I'll be cowering on the unit at the back of the bed before you break my neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, like your sex life. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>